Ah, greetings there, traveler. Looks like Wingover's got a few associates with him this time, so, uh, probably gonna give you a little bit of a speech or something. Still has more mail to read. But why don't you go ahead and take yourself a seat down there? Ah, traveler, welcome. You're probably noticing. Oh, wow, that's some fancy new music in the intros. That's because. This stuff's been going on a little bit longer, so I needed a longer song. I have another piece of this mail that's been sent in about our show. As well as I have a few associates I'd like to introduce you to, but first I shall start with this mail. Enthralling, epic, and thought-provoking. Amazing dedication by all members to both voice acting and storytelling, as well as impressive production quality, all backed by a well-produced storyline leading to the most captivating stories I have heard. A great listen when multitasking, this story can easily be envisioned, imagined, and enjoyed by anyone with interest or affinity for the Dungeons and Dragons or fantasy genre. I cannot wait to see where the story leads. Hmm, I wonder what they meant by Dungeons and Dragons. Anyways, thank you for Bot70 fan. Remember, if you have any reviews or anything you wish to say, Send us a message through the Stitcher or the Attunes, and we shall read it on the show. Now I'd like to introduce two associates I have along here with me. This is Craig, the Bard. Oi. And this is Samantha, the other Bard. Oi. Yes, they came from the college Battle Bards, and they are bringing out some new music and sound effects for our show. Why don't you say thank you, Traveler? Still doing that whole silent bit, I see. That's okay, it really works for you. Anyways, if you wish to gain their services and have them send bards to your room to uncomfortably stare at you while you say your tales so that they can play music and sound effects to really amp it up, take yourselves to BattleBards.com and use the promotion code BALLAD7DICE. That's BALLAD, the number seven, and DICE. And get 20% off the gold pieces you would spend. Is that, is that actually a pig there, Samantha? Yes. Cool. Okay. Anywho, let us begin with this tale. I'm sure you're all curious on what sanctuary has to offer our brave heroes. Today. They shall go in there and meet the very leaders of this organization they've been dragged into. So join me as I tell you the tale of Sanctuary Part 3. Hey, I'm Robert. I'm playing a level 2 Gith Yankee Ranger, MZ. Hi, my name's Humberto. I play Borodun, the level 2 cleric. Hi, my name is Brent. I am playing Kalsar, the level 2 teeth-playing paladin. Evan, I'm playing Ronnie, a level 2 half-elf bard. So where we last left you guys, you have just been on your way to Sanctuary. You just made it to the wall after facing against a gibbering mouther. The monstrosity was created through a dark ritual of sacrificing five brigands, and they were in this strange ritualistic circle. 
As you guys come up to the walls of Sanctuary, you are first really struck with how well fortified this coastal city is. This wall seems to span for a few miles, and along the top of the wall, you can see a number of guards marching back and forth, staring outward, keeping watch. And another thing that strikes you is as you come up to the gates of this city, you see a multitude of races. You see halflings sitting in their caravans. You see dwarven merchants arguing with an elf over the price of a weapon. You see a few of these tiger looking people and they're there sharpening blades and looking at the inside of the city and talking amongst each other. And you see a number of gnomes that are just casting a few spells to entertain the children and their families. As you make your way through the line, you get up to the gates of this fair city. The guards are standing there, and they look down at a board, and they look up at you. Well, business or pleasure? We're on business. Yeah, I think it, I would say both. We really need, uh, like, a place to crash as well. Are you affiliated with any organizations in the city? Uh, yeah, we're actually uh, part of the Chosen. And you see him look up at this, and he stares at the lot of you, and he looks irritated. Well, just remember... Weapons stay in their sheaths. If you are found with your weapons outside of their sheaths, you will be jailed. Of course. Someone takes their job seriously. Some organizations have a hard time keeping their weapons to themselves. Yeah. I don't even have weapons anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's like, look, I don't even have any weapons. He raises an eyebrow and he points at Garlics, Aodin, and Kalsar. Go on in. And as you guys step through the gates past this very serious guard, you are greeted with the bustle of the city. It is very immediate. You walk in there and you see people trying to peddle wares at the sides. There are large buildings galore. There's a tavern right when you're coming in there with its sign swinging and door moving. People are going to and fro. Every race that you can think of is here and they are all doing something very important to look on their face. As some people you see a large smile beaming across them, and they're wearing the exact same necklace that Ronnie has. Okay, I wanted to ask Garlax, uh, why uh, did the guard look so, you know, upset or annoyed, you know, of our presence? A lot of people think that it's our fault that these creatures came to this world, but it's quite the opposite, in fact. We are the consequence and not the cause. That's what they think. Think of it like we're antibodies. We are here to fight off the infection that is the Far Realm. We are here to clean it all up. So that's what I said, like, we are, we are the result, we are the consequences of the appearing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Traveling through the city, you guys walk for what seems to be about half an hour. You go through cobblestone streets, you pass by more residential areas, you pass through a bazaar, you travel all the way to the point of coming a little bit closer to the bay where you enter this district where you see these beautiful buildings. These large buildings loom over and these architectural wonders you can tell are temples. Temples to the many gods of this world. You see one temple that seems to be dedicated to three gods. The gods Tyr, Ilmater, and Torm. And you can see that a lot of very formal looking people are walking into their judges, um, guards, many people going in and out of this building. 
you see there is another one that's just looming over everything. This massive tower that's been stylized into a sunflower. You see the symbol on it of the Morning Lord and know that this is a temple to Lathander. And another temple, just a little ways away, you see this huge imposing edifice made cunningly of fitted stone. It looks rather plain from the outside, but Borodon, you can tell right away that this is Dwarven Make and that this is a temple to the Dwarven Gods. And you can specifically see the symbol of Maradin. So, do I see any temple, uh, sorry, any temple for Dumathoin? You don't see a temple specifically to Yurgon, but you may have suspicions that there is something in that main Dwarven temple. Okay. You keep walking through this area and you come across this building that would normally be a beautiful building, but surrounded by all these wonders, it just looks plain. You come up to this 30 foot tall building that has a number of stone carved columns holding up the front entrance. And it looks like it's a very circular building where it curves around and you're guessing that it continues to go into a circle-like shape. Large doors are fitted and they seem to have runes carved into them and you see two white glowing beings standing guard at the door. Well, this is us. I've never seen anything like this before. What are those guards? They are the Luminous. They're beings made completely out of positive energy. That's why they glow. They are actually people? They are not like golems or something? They were once elves. As you walk up the steps, you get a better look at these beings. And you see they don't have any real discernible features on their face. There's no eyes, there's no openings or anything of that kind. There's the basic carvings, but there isn't actually any features. You could tell that one's a woman and one's a man just based on their anatomy. They do still have the curves and figures that you normally associate with people. And as you get closer, they turn towards you and the woman says, Are these the newcomers? I've, I've read about these, these beings in texts back in my training, but... Seeing them up close, it's absolutely unreal. Welcome, Tifa. You will find solace here. The creatures that hunt after you will not be able to step foot into this building. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Farin. Yeah, these are the new ones. Wait, what are we doing here? What's going on? Well, honestly, you're the first people we got in like a year, so the higher-ups want to see you and they want to explain the situation better. And I'm I'm just a hunter. I was just supposed to come and pick you up and come back with... Come back with Erlen and Leona, but they didn't make it. It's, it's a blessing that we ran into Aodin when we did. And you see Aodin just pats him on the shoulder. Come on, Garlix, let's get on inside and get some rest. You already wrote up your report, so just hand it in. The doors to the headquarters open up, and as you all step into this main area, you see that there are books upon books lining these walls. There are these massive shelves, and they have these ladders stretching up to 20, 25 feet, and people are climbing up and down them, grabbing books off them and rushing back down. The inside of this place is busy. There are a number of tables that are set up in this area where you see people are having meetings, discussions, or reading. There's one table where this wizard, wearing a very tall wizard's hat, is just standing in the center of this table, reading a book. 
there's another one where this strange gelatinous creature is floating in the air and it keeps glowing different colors. You can't hear anything coming from it, but there are three angry dwarves sitting at the table with it and they look like they're arguing about something. You see at another table, there's a humanoid walrus that looks like it's giving a some sort of presentation on siege equipment. You're not sure. And as you see everybody bustling about, running to and fro, carrying books, binders, folders, some of them are entering the hallway to the left, some of them are entering the hallway to the right or coming from it, and Garlic's just lets out this sigh of relief and you can see just this huge weight of responsibility has been lifted off his shoulders well friends we finally made it we're here at the oracle headquarters in the city of sanctuary i want to go up and shake his hand he shakes your hand and smiles at you and you could just feel through his grip that shaky feeling of exhaustion well um i think the higher-ups are going to want to be talking to you guys so I'm gonna quickly go run and get someone. There's gonna be an old man who's gonna come and meet you. He's gonna have his hair done up. He's gonna look a little bit like a butler, really snooty. Don't worry about it. He's like that with everyone. Why don't you go take a seat at one of the tables? Thank you very much, Garlics. Thank you, Garlics, for everything. Of course, you guys stay safe out there, all right? As safe as you can be, at least. We will. And he nods at you guys, and him and Aodin head down the hallway to the left. So you guys take a seat at one of the tables, and as you're sitting down and getting a load off your feet that are still fairly sore, you see that there are people all around you discussing ideas surrounding these creatures, surrounding things that are going on, but all of it is very focused on this war happening right now. And everyone around you seems to be a researcher of some sort. And as you're sitting there, taking all this in, seeing all these races that you've never even dreamed of, this man walks up to you, and his hair is done up in a bun, and he's wearing a very formal butler-looking outfit. Hello? Are you the new recruits? Yes. Come with me. I'll introduce you to Lord Elwyn. Come now. Who are you? And he starts walking away. Oh, I'm quite sure he's the butler. Uh, what's the name of the garlic's set, right? Like, we mentioned it, so... Joffrey. 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 Alright. So you quickly rush after Joffrey, and he leads you to the hallway to the left. And as you're going through this hallway, it's constantly curving towards the right, and you're guessing this is because the circular shape of the building. And while you're going, you pass by a number of rooms. You pass by some laboratories where people look like they're testing weapons and armor. There's a few the odd explosions going on in there and people chuckling and laughing. You pass by a number of offices where people are writing into these large tomes or going over a number of papers and maps. You pass by a room that looks like it's a giant room for scrying. There are bowls, spheres, everything hanging about in this dark, closed-off room. And finally, you come up to this door where it has carved in it in beautiful gold writing, Lord Elwyn Velathmir. Joffrey knocks twice on the door and then steps on in. When you walk into this room, you see that it is absolutely pristine. Everything is in its perfect place. There are two bookshelves lining each side of the wall, and they are matched up perfectly against each other with just enough books not stacked too high. There are a number of tapestries that look like they've just been recently dusted that are hanging around the walls, and you see the desk 
is ordered where there is a nice in and out box and the pencils are set just at the right area. Behind the desk, you see a very large tiger man. He has the head of a tiger, fur covering his body, but his hands end in more human-like hands. And he looks up with a set of reading glasses on his nose. Ah, Joffrey, thank you. And Joffrey bows and then steps out quickly. I apologize for Joffrey. He can be a little rude at times, but he means nothing by it. Please, have a seat. Please, tell me, what are your names? I'm Kelsar of the Silver Shield. I'm Borodon. Just <laughs> a cleric, it seems. And he looks over to you, MZ and Ronnie. I'm MZ. Oh, he already knows who I am. I'm very famous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, oh I must not be keeping up with the in-crowd. Oh, what's your name? Uh, I'm Ronnie. Ah, I see. So, I've been informed a bit from Garlux on what has been happening lately. He wrote a report on your goings-on. And you see him place a paper in the outbox. It seems that you are all being hunted. Correct. You're probably being hunted too. Yes, we all are to a degree, though I'd say it seems to be a lesser amount than you. Don't worry, though, this building has been warded with very ancient and powerful magic. It is nice to have a place where we can... breathe. But you must understand, we have not had recruits in some time, so we are very curious at your arrival. So are we. Well, I'm a little bit confused. We have to save the universe, galaxy, world, uh, whatever, reality, di dimension. But first, how can we do that? How did we survive, uh, I don't know, our executions? You know, I have some questions that you may be able to answer. I have questions as well. Well, let me give you a basic rundown of things, and then I can answer some questions. Another will be joining us shortly, Astoria. She is the leader of the Oracles. She'll be coming in here to help give you a vision to understand what could happen. And you see, he leans back in his chair, and that deep tiger-like rumble happens in his chest. Many of us came here 30, 40 years ago. That's when these wars started. There was many different groups, many different symbols. We were all getting picked off. Matthews was having a heyday, raising us up to be an army of monsters. But it was Astoria that stepped forward with powerful ancient magics given to her by the higher power. She brought us together, forming the Oracles. As for the other groups and the other symbols, I do not know what happened to them. We have not seen them for some time. After the oracles were formed, then came the Valkyries Chosen and the Hunters. The Valkyries Chosen are led by Astoria's wife Sven, and the Hunters are led by an orc named Doomsayer. They are great allies with us, and it was thanks to their efforts 
that we took down two out of three of Dorum's precious strongholds, and the third we are in the midst of searching for right now. There's a being this entire war is about. This being is older than time itself. It is more evil, more disgustingly corrupt than you could ever imagine. And it is on its way to unravel, consume, absorb, and destroy everything we hold dear. Dorum is trying to open the portal for this creature. And if she's victorious, then it's all gone. For this world that we're on right now, this world is a lodestone for the multiverse. And it is all that is standing in the way of this creature coming through and destroying everyone. When you say everyone, uh, is everyone as in, like, all beings? Yes. Angels, gods, demons, devils, humans, everyone. So it's basically just returning back to the ashes. Everything is just like pressing the reset button. There are rumors, little scraps of information that our people have died to obtain from tomes, ancient ruins, that these beings, they created the multiverse. They created everything that we've discovered and stood on. And we are just a byproduct, a coincidence. And someone got their attention. And now we're stuck in this war. And we're just trying desperately to close the door that Dorum's trying to open. Why is Dorum doing this? What, what do they seek to gain from summoning a creature of unimaginable power that, could, that would very well destroy them as well? Her mind has rotted. She believes that the gods are trying to reset reality, so she's bringing this creature in to destroy the gods. You've had, um... You've had people come in before, like, they haven't shown up in a while. What were their stories? Is it, is, is it possibly related to what we went through? No one has died, if that's what you're asking. Although some have come close to it before arriving here. Hmm. As well as your powers seem to have activated quite quickly. And he points over to Borodon. Although he has two that are bottlenecking inside of him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I never actually activated any special power. They're fighting to both come out. Astoria will be able to help with this. Okay, thank you. Did any of you have any other questions? What do we do next? You will be assisting the Valkyries Chosen. We will be keeping you together as a strike group. We've had many groups come through here, all coming from the same world usually, never your circumstances, but we found keeping them as groups made them much more effective. More of a guerrilla warfare tactic. I won't lie, a lot of these groups we're not able to make it. We still have three, and you will be the fourth. Have you seen any other dwarfs uh, with, you know, like, plated arms like mine? No. Seen a guy named Steve? I've met <laughs> a few. 
Ronnie, I must ask, the necklace around your neck. It belongs to a group that continues to harass us and try to kill us. Why do you wear it? I found it on a body. That's mine now. Oh, he means the other one for the cult that you joined. Oh, did I not give that to Steve? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I thought I was going to do that like three games ago. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, joined uh, all these other guys. Uh, they're my buddies in my old world. I do suggest you take it off. It'll give the wrong impression. Well, maybe put it in like a pocket or something. Yeah. Ronnie, you have that new necklace. I need two necklaces, right? Ronnie, did you put that other necklace on? Uh, I guess I'm switching them out. So I'll throw the other... So as you put this necklace on, you feel your skin toughen up a bit. It kind of thickens a little. It's a very weird sensation, but essentially it kind of feels like you have a callus everywhere. When you poke at your skin, there's a little less feeling, but you can tell it offers a little bit more protection. So you have plus two to your AC while you're wearing this. Nice. And once per day, you can mimic a voice that you've heard for ten minutes. Sorry, when we picked up all that equipment, do I am I wearing any kind of armor now? No, it was just clothing that you guys found. Okay, so I'll be at 12 armor class. So I'm also going to ask, uh, would you have any armors for us? The Valkyrie's Chosen is an elite military organization. They'll be able to outfit you with anything that you need before you go out. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. We'll need it. Understandably, you've been through a lot, so we're going to give you a few days rest before we send you out. Just one question, from a scale from 1 to 10, how lethal is Matthews? 10. Okay, and if we say that we survived it, like we survived an encounter with him, so how lucky are we? Incredibly. Probably the only reason you're alive is because he's interested in you, which is probably not a good thing. Okay. Basically, if he really wanted us dead, so he would probably just kill us easily. He could have wiped out that town with a single spell. Okay. He's extremely dangerous. So you know about the town then? I do. And he points at his glasses on his face. These actually help us read much faster. What would normally take you two to three days to read, I can read in two to three minutes with these glasses. It helps with researching. Garlex actually wrote pretty fast as well then. I imagine he wrote whenever you made camp for the night. Okay. The door opens up and an elven woman walks inside. She looks a bit older, her hair is gone to a silver. Her face has a few lines that indicate age. With elves it's always very difficult to say. You're guessing she's probably at least well over 500 years old. She's leaning on a gnarled oaken staff and she wears very fine looking wizarding robes. And as she walks in, she nods towards Elwyn and she greets the rest of you. Hello, my name is Astoria, and it is a pleasure to meet all of you. It's a pleasure as well. 
I've been told that you're referring to yourselves as, and she looks at a sheet of paper, the dead guys? Is this correct? It's us. It's actually <laughs> Ronnie and the dead guys. We didn't all unanimously agree on it. Well, okay. So that's us. I, would, I wouldn't choose, like, this name, but... I mean, you can change it any time you want. It's just, Garlics was saying the townsfolk were referring to you as the dead guys from a comment that Borodon made. Uh, yeah, because we were previously dead or something. Okay. Well, maybe we can think... Okay, can we... Okay, just cut character. Can we just pick, like, a, a name that's not stupid? <laughs> so we can't be Ronnie and friends and Borodon? <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I threw that in there so you guys are like, what? What is even this name? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love Like I said, you guys. can change it anytime. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's not very heroic, I guess. I would say Chosen Undead, but that's kind of copyrighted. Oh, no, no, it's fine. The Chosen mm, Undead. Yeah, but that's with yeah. Dark Souls. I know. I know it Wait, is. Wait, when's it in but it's so cool. Dark Souls? It's the first one? I, I think it's the first or third one. Oh. No, uh, the third one is... The, the, the Ashen one kindled. ones. Oh yeah, the Ashen ones. The Ashen ones. ones. So yeah, I, I think it is Dark Souls 1. Yeah, I th yeah, me too. How about the Chosen Dead? Or like, sure. Or the, uh, the Sacred Undead. Well, won't people start to think that we are actual, like, undead? While you guys are discussing this, let's say you guys are all just talking amongst each other saying, oh, what about this name or how about that one? Astoria pipes up and says, we do have a few other groups that are doing quite well. The three other teams, did you mention them? I did. Right. So, for instance, uh, here's some examples maybe to help with the, to help with the brainstorming. We have a group of four paladins known as Helm Shield. They're one of our heavy hitters. We have another group that's led by a tiefling necromancer known as Death's Vanguard, and a group that used to be altogether in a thieves' guild, and they call themselves the Blighted. The Dead Ones doesn't sound that bad. Yes, you could choose whatever name you wish. We just prefer it over having to say all your individual names. It makes it easier for us. What if we just also call the group Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> like Alice Cooper. We're not calling it Ronnie. Can can we find a person to replace Ronnie? I'm sorry. Uh, what if we're Steve's bequeath? <laughs> <laughs> he never died. <laughs> well, it looks like I really threw a curveball at you guys, so... I'll let you have a bit more time on that one. But I came here because I have something to show you. Very well. I have been granted the power to show visions. I can show you a vision of what's to come. This beast, entity, creature, whatever it is, that's headed its way towards our world. Many of its minions are coming along with it, and I'm sure you've encountered some of them, but know that the ones that we've faced are merely the scouts. Seriously? That's unreal. Yes. Jeez. Ugh. So those things, they just roam around? 
Now, yes, but they were not always from this world. Dorum's been helping sneaking him in through portals, rituals, any kind of way to rip open a hole to let these things in. Because they seem pretty strong, you know, for standard creatures. They would probably just uh, wipe uh, the life, you know, from any place that they go. So that's why I'm so concerned about that. And that is the issue we face. Whenever these creatures arrive on a world, they have a tendency to eradicate it. But we will not go down without a fight, as we have already proven. But please, I need you to take a seat. This vision is very... intense. And you may fall. I'll sit as far away from Roni as possible. He hands each of you guys a pail, and as she's taking a seat, you may need these it seemed every other recruit we've had experienced this has needed it before. And Elwyn gets angry if we make a mess. Okay. You look over and Elwyn is just staring daggers at you as if you're going to ruin his perfect office. You think we're going to vomit? Everyone else has. Okay. And as she gets comfortable on the floor, she puts her hands on her knees and closes her eyes to concentrate. And you guys take a seat once more in your chairs, put the bucket between your legs, and start to relax. And suddenly you are hit with this wave of vertigo. And everything goes black as you feel that familiar feeling of falling. But this time you are falling upwards and it is quick. You once more are standing in the dark voids of space, looking down on what you can only imagine to be the world that you are currently residing in. From outside, it holds that familiar beauty that you've seen once before, and the moon with the trail of asteroids is still circling the planet. Fleets of large and small ships stand before this planet in a defensive stance, their weapons all primed and facing the same direction. Some of these look to be old pirate vessels with strange bubbles around them that keep the atmosphere sealed inside. Others look to be more futuristic ships that are hovering in place, while some look to be more ships from Ronnie's world, these old cargo ships that have been refitted into these fighter ships. Suddenly, beams of light and projectiles are launching the ships towards you flashing you in bright flashes completely through you. Then, pain calls that rattle you to the core of your soul and make you feel nauseated and shaken come from behind you. Turning around, you see these monstrosities only spoken of in horrible nightmares. Many tentacled beasts with more eyes than mouths are needed are launching themselves towards these ships in oddly surreal speeds. Humanoid bat-like creatures with no faces and clawed appendages fly amongst them, ripping at the metal as if these ships were made out of paper. As these massive whale-like beasts the size of small islands float amongst these creatures, and when it howls out, it makes you scream and creatures begin to form out of its skin, bursting out of boils and flying towards the ship, laughing and chattering in space. You watch as the armada that could probably destroy a world is consumed by these beasts in mere seconds, and they all start heading towards the planet. You watch as this world begins to swirl, the color fading away from it, looking as though it were decaying in just this surreal speed, and then it collapses in on itself, and then it's gone. 
you hear this strange, haunting, echoing call from behind you. You turn around, and for just a brief moment, you see this creature. The size of a mountain range, this tentacled mass and mouths and eyes move forward, these creatures swirling around as if they are caught in its gravitational pull. This creature turns all its many eyes from the destroyed armada, from the ruined world, over to you, and all of them stare at you, right through you. And then you wake up. And suddenly you are vomiting. Anything that was in your stomach is now out. These buckets look like they've been filled. Sweat is covering your brow and your arms are shaky. <sighs> ah! Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. <sighs> Did they actually vomit? All of you have vomited. <laughs> this isn't that new. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I didn't eat a lot. (laughs) No. No. Do you understand what's coming here? I I can't. I can't even. I, I can't even begin to comprehend it. Okay. How can we stop that? Yeah, it's like gigantic and he can probably just destroy the world. Like. Regardless of what we do. We are not meant to fight such a creature. We can only stop its arrival. We, we have to. There's... Oh my god. Well, I mean, if we don't, we're just dead, right? That's right. Okay, so does everybody know about this creature? Anyone in our organization does know of this and they've seen this vision. But outside of it, people of high political influence know the situation. But we found showing this vision to anyone without the symbol results in them going mad and we cannot fix their minds. Okay. It's just because maybe we'll need more help than, like, literally the entire planet than just us. Many countries have begun to sign up and aid us. The City of Sanctuary being the first primary one. The Kingdom of Cormir has been dealing with these monsters for some time now, and they've already begun giving us aid, and we've been sending people over there to help educate on how to fight these beasts. We've also set up deals with the city of Waterdeep and its surrounding regions, where we're setting up another base of operations there. So things are progressing. Unification against these creatures is happening, but it is not at the rate that we would like. Once you've taken a few days to rest up, just... Enjoy yourself in the town, and then go to the east of Sanctuary. There's a small military town of New Dawn. It is where the Valkyries Chosen and the Hunters are located. Report to Sven, and she and Doomsayer, the leader of the Hunters, will be able to help you out. I believe there's a reconnaissance mission happening soon, so I imagine you'll be joining that. Sven, your husband? My wife. Oh, sorry, your wife, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yes. Because I, I thought, I mean, outside of the game, I thought Sven was like a, a male name. And oh, then you said is. Astoria's wife. And then I was all like, yeah, maybe he said it, I don't know, wrong or something. Yeah, Sven's a male name, so I could see how that would throw you off. Yeah, 
because I, I wrote down Astoria's wife, but I just wanted to be sure. She takes the buckets away from each of you guys, not really wanting to touch them and setting them down in the corner, and she presses a button on her bracelet, and in just a few moments, Joffrey shows up, and he takes the buckets away. And he treats her with a lot of respect, whereas before he would treat you guys with disdain and wouldn't give you the time of day. One thing, Elwyn was saying that uh, you could help me to unlock like a special power that I have or something. I can help explain and show you all of your powers. Let's start with Emzy, since his seemed the most noticeable. Emzy, could you bring your blades forth? Okay. So you bring your blades forth from your hands, and she's looking over them. And she nods and places her hands on your left wrist. And her eyes suddenly go completely white. Your abilities rely on blood magic an ancient and powerful type of magic that's been used for eons. It looks like right now you have the ability to summon weapons of whatever type you desire, but eventually you'll be able to control more than that. You'll be able to control the properties of these weapons. You'll be able to control the very blood in all of your body. She takes her hands off your wrist and steps back, and her eyes go back to normal. Well, let us proceed with Kalsar then. And she steps over to you, Kalsar, and once more, same thing. She puts her hands down on your left wrist, and her eyes go blue once more. It takes her a little longer to start talking, but when she does, suddenly this spark of blue cyan flame just happens from your hands, and she stumbles backwards. Oh my! There... There is something very old inside your head. Do you know this, Kelsar? I, I, I know of, a, of an elder god inside me. Why? What's going on? Your brain should be mush. You shouldn't be able to handle this kind of creature inside your head. Well, this is surprising. This creature, whatever it is, you seem to have a connection with it. And your powers are drawing off of it. While it grows in strength, I imagine your powers, too, will get stronger. Are there any noticeable characteristics whenever you use your powers? You're the shield that you summon. I, I, hear a, I hear a voice in me. It's very faint, but... It could be the Elder God in me. Do you know this creature's name? Yegditha. Her eyes widen at this. This is, this is great news! That is a benevolent being of light! This could change things. Oh my, this is wonderful. This is good news. She goes to put her hands down on Ronnie's arm, and suddenly you see the air distort around him. He looks like himself for one moment, and then suddenly he looks like a well-dressed businessman. And then he looks like a very old man in pale white robes. And then there's just a child sitting there. And then it goes back to Ronnie. And she backs away and puts her hands on her head as if she has a very bad migraine. Ronnie, uh, it seems like the energy around you is just so chaotic. It's so... Uh, it's distorting everything. Like it doesn't care about the world around it. It's just chaos. Magnetic chaos. That's an understatement. We could have told you that. Ronnie, what was the world like where you were from? 
it was a bigger city than this. It's a lot more gray. I don't know. A lot more lights. What were the people like? Was it very orderly or is it chaotic as you are? Uh, most of those people are squares. The word you're looking for is asshole. Hmm. <laughs> Man. Well, I don't really know him, but I think you need to get along better with people that you'll have to trust with your life. Uh, I want to take off my shoe and throw it for it on. <laughs> yeah, you can just throw your shoe, that's fine. You do that. <laughs> can't I, like, try to maybe deflect it? Yeah, I mean, it's not hard, it's just a shoe coming your way, so you can just hold up your arm. Okay, yeah. So okay, just... so your metal arm just deflects it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cast. I want to charm Borodon. Uh, okay. With a look that is generally reserved for an angry substitute teacher, she waves her hand, and disrupted magical energy just fires through here, canceling the spell. <laughs> you can definitely do this on your own time, <laughs> but right now I'm a very busy person, so let's move along. Sorry. Now let us take a look at Borodon. So she moves over to you, and she once more puts her hands on your wrist, and her eyes glow white. Your powers can go one of two ways. You can take the path of a warrior or the path of a seer, but you cannot take both. Do I have to choose it right now? Yes. It's right now? Now? I mean... Yes. This very moment? Okay, shh. Okay, so... No, yeah, completely not, right? No pressure. I mean, because you guys didn't have to choose your powers. You guys just woke up with them. Now, okay, so... No pressure. I think this group needs somebody that actually can foresee the shit that they will, they will do. So I think being a seer is more suitable to me. Prepare yourself. You'll most likely get a vision. So she puts her hands down on your left wrist and... Suddenly your left hand throbs, it hurts, and the metal on your arm seems to start to liquefy. And you feel it traveling up your arms, you feel it go on your shoulders, up your neck, through your beard. You feel the metal traveling Shit. all the way to the corners of your eyes, and then stabs right into them. And for Borodon, this is happening over the period of maybe 10-15 seconds in his perception. But for all of you guys, you've seen it happen in about one or two seconds. Borodon! The door opens to a small shop, and in walks a dwarven adventurer. And his hair is gray, his beard is gray, he's very much showing age. But you always recognize him from one very strong characteristic, his golden arms. Greetings, Hans. Ah, welcome back, sir. And you remember his name to be Borodin. Borodin. It's good to see you again. How was... How was everything? It's been good, it's been good, Hans. But, you know, being back in Sanctuary, I never really like it here. Tell me, did my package arrive? I need to be leaving soon. Ah, yes, they did. They came and... They came... Just today. 
He walks over and he examines the bundle that you place on the counter. Good, good. Tell me, Hans, did you see any more dwarves like me? My children are in this world and I need to find them. Other than... Other than just the standard dwarves, I haven't seen anyone that was quite like you with the... with your arms. Such... such divinity. No, I... No, I'm sorry, sir. I have not. Were I in my own world, I would have legions to command to search for them, scour the mountains and the fields. But here, I'm just another dwarf. Oh, you're more than just another dwarf. I can't imagine... I can't say in my life that I've seen another dwarf with your kind of features. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And you see on his left hand there's a symbol, a black pyramid, that he seems to be rubbing at and looking down. Hmm. And then he looks back up at you. Borden. Yes. I, didn't, I don't recall seeing that mark on your hand before. <laughs> Seems I had to make a deal. A deal? A deal with whom? I'm not sure who they were, but I knew I had to save my children. So you make deals with beings that you don't know of? Uh, that you don't know of? I mean, you could have... I'm afraid this is where being a parent takes over. The moment one of my children got in danger, my life didn't matter. I had to save them. I suppose you're right, sir, but... What if this costs you... What if this backfires on you? What if... What if he doesn't honor his end of the deal? What if... He decides to kill your children and then you? Suppose that's a possibility. I just hope the rest of my team is ready. Well, I'm off to the north. Wish me luck. You're a braver man than me, sir. You have my utmost respect. Good luck to you. Stay well, Hans. Thank you, Borden. And he picks up the package and starts heading out the door, and ward on the gold leaves your eyes and you feel drained. So I just What the fuck What the hell just happened? Bordon! What happened? Are, are you okay? Uh, no! Yes, no, I don't know. I just saw a vision of my father. I just can't understand. Your father? He's yes, he's dead. Like, very dead. So it's it probably happened in the past. But he... Like, he was an adventurer like me. But then he took an arrow on the knee. And then he had to, you know, just roll a kingdom and stuff. But, uh, yeah. Jeez, he was here. Really? Bird on? A, yes. A, a, an arrow to, a, an arrow to the this... knee. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's a common reference for getting married. Yeah. Exactly. He got married. But he was married before. Bordon, you can use this ability once every three days, and it allows you to see an event that happened with an item you're holding or an area that you're standing in. Okay. So, like, uh, if, I, if I hold a sword, for example, I would be able to have a vision about the sword or something? Yeah, and it'll be like a specific event. It won't just be like, this hammer is sitting on the ground. It'll be something that actually happened that's important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, something important, yeah. I want you all to take the next three days to relax. Just enjoy the city, 
get used to this world. This has all been a lot of jarring experiences, and I feel you need time to decompress. And she motions towards Elwyn, and Elwyn, he takes this large sack of gold out and splits it into four and pushes it forward. While you take this gold, it's 150 apiece. I want you to enjoy yourselves, but please stay the night here. Don't stay at an inn. It's not safe. And beware the cultists. They might seem friendly, but their intentions are never good. Now this gold is for your hard work that was done in Geldsbar. I know it did not end the way you wanted it to, but you still performed admirably and should be proud. Nice. Oh, well, th- thank you so much, Elwyn. This just this changes so much. Yeah, thanks. Shouldn't shouldn't I get more than these guys then? Why is that? They ran away in fear. I actually saved someone. Whereas I'm glad that that is a trait of yours to have. Do not shame others for acting more on fear. Sometimes not all fights can be won, and you must run. But take this time to relax. Enjoy yourselves. There is much this city has to offer. And for once, enjoy a day off. Wowzers! Borodan's father? Didn't expect that one. Usually they save the father thing until the last season, and then you're like, oh my god. Anyways... That was something else. I guess now, if anything, they just have 30 more questions rather than 30 more answers. But that's how this game is played. I wonder what our heroes will get up to now that they have a bit of time and some free coin to walk around the city. Most likely, Ronnie will throw another shoe again or something along those lines. Travelers, we have enjoyed your reviews and the words of kindness you have sent us on the Twitters. Please continue to do so and you will fuel my bardic magical energies so that I can craft this tale into an even more wondrous splendor. If you wish to leave us any more kind words or reviews, please go to the iTunes or Stitcher and send us your thoughts. And also, if you wish to find more of what's going on with me, Wingo of a Gimbal, famous gnome bard, go on Twitter at Ballad7Dice. We would love to chat it up with you. Well, it's been fun, travelers. I shall see you all again shortly. I bid you all adieu.